Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Federal health officials are expanding the search for the new Omicron variant of COVID-19 in the United States, including at San Francisco International Airport, which I'm sure has got a lot of us here in the Bay Area wondering what this could mean for us. I think at this point, a lot of things are possible. We don't exactly know um, how these mutations that have been observed in Omicron are going to translate into transmissibility and disease severity in the population. Today, what we know and don't know about the Omicron variant. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Do you remember where you were, actually, when you first heard about this new variant? You know, I, I think it was um, on Thanksgiving morning, and um, I was uh, talking with my parents. This is Dr. Chaz Langelier, assistant professor of medicine in the Division of Infectious Diseases at UCSF. We saw um, a, a news article, I think, in the New York Times. Um, so. You know, as we were preparing to uh, get together for a Thanksgiving meal, um, you know, this this was sort of the last thing we wanted to, to hear about. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it was not that surprising. Um, we know that SARS coronavirus accumulates mutations over time. We know that this can be accelerated in certain types of people with compromised immune systems. And um, I wasn't that surprised to see a news report of a new variant that had emerged. I know there are many COVID-19 variants out in the world, and we know that already that some of them have been more concerning than others, like the Delta variant earlier this summer. Why are health authorities concerned about the Omicron variant specifically? Well, there's a couple of reasons, but um, one of the reasons is because it contains more new mutations than have ever been seen before in a single variant. And that many of uh, the mutations that have been observed have been studied before and have been found to make uh, the virus more transmissible and better able to evade the immune response. So not only were there a lot of mutations, but several that are known to be bad actors. And so here, all of a sudden, we had um, some of the worst mutations um, all in one virus coupled with um, many more that had never been seen before. Um, so that raised concern. Do we know how this virus mutated into this particular variant? We don't. You know, what we do know in general by studying SARS coronavirus is that on average, approximately on a monthly basis, the virus would be expected to accumulate two new mutations. And um, what likely happened here was some type of um, accelerated evolution. And that most commonly would be expected to happen within a single individual, as opposed to the virus acquiring mutations being transmitted through a population. So we don't know where it happened, um, when it happened, but most likely there was some type of incubation in an individual um, with some type of suppressed immune response where the virus just wasn't able to be cleared effectively and so it had that opportunity to continue to evolve um, and try and evade the weakened immune response that existed in that person. Um, but we still don't know for sure. What we do know is that um, in South Africa, um, this variant has uh, increased significantly in terms of the resulting in many new cases. And it seems that in these regions, a majority of the cases are due to the Omicron variant. One way to interpret that would be that Omicron is displacing Delta, which has been the predominant variant throughout the world, and perhaps could be more transmissible. But because the number of cases in South Africa was relatively low at the beginning of November, um, we can't absolutely be certain that indeed Omicron is more transmissible than Delta. It's also possible that it has arisen rapidly uh, due to a number of uh, random super spreader type events, a number of kind of random chance situations where one 
highly infectious person was in an area with a lot of other uh, potentially susceptible people. Um, so we don't absolutely know, but certainly there's a worry that it could displace Delta. Do we know whether it is even more deadly or more severe? We, we don't know that either. And so um, that is certainly a second key question. Um, in addition to, is it more infectious and transmissible? Uh, the question of, does it cause more severe disease? We do know from a number of the few reported cases uh, that the infection seemed to be mild, um, but um, we just don't have enough information yet in terms of exactly what things will look like um, across a broader population. I think another question people probably have is whether, uh, especially if they're vaccinated, whether they are still protected. Um, Do we know the answer to that question? Well, um, we have some early indications, and I think we can make some inferences. We know that uh, some of the people who've been infected with Omicron have been vaccinated, so it does appear to have the ability to uh, cause breakthrough infections, but so does Delta. And what we know from looking at Delta and from our experience with other variants is that the vaccines we have work well against a number of variants, even though they weren't originally designed to work against those variants. Um, So for instance, uh, the vaccines by and large were designed against uh, an original SARS coronavirus lineage that didn't have all the mutations, yet still they confer um, excellent protection against severe disease and death. So we we still don't know exactly to what degree Omicron might evade our uh, immune response, vaccine-induced or otherwise. But I think most people suspect that vaccines, in particular vaccines plus boosters, will give uh, an important degree of protection and probably protect against severe disease. I want to transition now, um, Doctor, into kind of what this means for us here in the Bay Area. Um, At this point, how concerned should we be about this new variant? I think, you know, it's important to be aware, it's important to be moderately concerned, um, but also important to recognize that we are fortunate in the Bay to uh, live amongst people who, by and large, have done a very good job at getting vaccinated. Throughout the Bay Area, 75 to 85% of people are vaccinated. Let's say if it is uh, more transmissible than Delta, it'll give us that extra degree of protection. But globally, in terms of how concerned we should be, the whole world is a bit on edge because there are still so many unknowns. Um, And I think, you know, really emphasizes the fact that uh, nobody is truly safe uh, from COVID until everybody is safe and vaccinated. And when we have you know, regions in the world where very few people have had access to vaccines, that really increases the risk of everyone um, for being exposed to a new variant that might develop and might spread more rapidly than would otherwise happen in a highly vaccinated population. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in the Bay Area um, have a lot of connections to people globally just because of how diverse um our community is here. 
I'm curious, doctor, if um, if Omicron is changing how you might be viewing your holiday plans this year at all. You know, I think one change that is going to happen for for my holiday plans will be um, testing at any gatherings. Thankfully, one major difference now versus a year ago um, is that rapid tests are at least more widely available than they were. Um, so we can go to a pharmacy, get an antigen test like an Abbott Binax now test and get a good idea before we step into a home, uh, before we have a meal if we're infected or not. Half of infections um, may happen without symptoms. And so um, testing is an important way that we can prevent transmission uh, during gatherings. And I remember in the just the pre-Delta variant days, a lot of people really thought we were done with this thing. And then we kind of took this left turn. Um, are we just going to have to get used to the arrival of new variants every few months and kind of repeating this same cycle of, of having to understand them and then readjusting all over again? Well, I don't think anyone knows how many cycles of coronavirus variants we might go through. Um, you know, there are a finite number of combinations that the virus can find um, to evade immune responses. Um, so presumably, um, at some point, um, we'll reach a threshold where simply the virus isn't really able to uh, find a, a better way to escape immune responses. And uh, hopefully, we'll be in a situation where a large enough fraction of individuals in throughout the world are vaccinated that it makes it very difficult for variants, if they emerge, to actually transmit readily through a population in a way that could lead to another global surge. So looking ahead, Doctor, um, what big questions and thoughts are on your mind um, about Omicron and, and just the next few weeks of this pandemic where you live? Well, I think the three three main questions are number one, is Omicron more transmissible? And will it um, outcompete Delta and cause another surge? Two, to what degree will it evade um, our immune responses, vaccine-induced or natural? And to what degree might it evade some of the monoclonal antibody therapies that are currently being used? And then number three, um, will it cause more severe disease? I think it's perhaps a good idea just to bring up one more time the importance of health equity and how we're not isolated from the emergence of new variants and the effects of COVID if there are regions in the world that um, have not had an opportunity to get vaccinated. With both COVID and with other infectious diseases in general, the way that global travel works currently, um, emergence anywhere means um, emergence everywhere in, in many cases. And so we really need to strive towards health equity. So lots of unknowns right now. I know we're still very early on in, in kind of understanding how this variant works exactly. When will we know the answer to these questions? Like, what's the earliest we could know? Well, um, within a few days of identifying the Omicron variant, 
scientists were already uh, testing um, the impact of uh, this new variant on immune responses. So those experiments are underway. In most cases, they take several weeks uh, to generate an answer, but I think we'll probably start getting our first clues in terms of the impact of some of these mutations on evading the immune response within a couple of weeks. Dr. Langelier, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Well, thanks. Thanks very much for having me on this podcast. On Tuesday afternoon, we learned some more new info about Omicron. According to a health agency in the Netherlands, this variant was already in the country a full week before it was first detected in South Africa. Thanks to Dr. Chaz Langelier, Assistant Professor of Medicine in the Division of Infectious Diseases at UCSF. This episode of The Bay was produced by our editor, Alan Montecilio, who cut this episode, and Carlos Cabrera Lomeli. And I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.